Uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie. I recently went and watched the movie Avengers. If you haven't seen it, it's a great movie with lots and lots of superheroes like Thor and Captain America, Hulk and um, Iron Man. It even had Scarlett Johansson in it. I couldn't really figure out what her superpowers was except that she was Scarlett Johansson and she was there. Um, I'm going to spoil the ending for you though. Um, They fight these aliens and they have a hard time, but in the very end, they win. And that's how the story ends. But of course, you know how that that story would end, um, because that's how every superhero movie ends. They fight villains until the villains are no more and the movie ends. I'm not meaning to be irreverent here, but if the Bible was a superhero story, in a way it's an unconventional superhero story because in the middle of the story, Jesus disappears. Jesus, our hero, disappears. He ascends into heaven, and Luke tells us that. And so uh, at the end of Gospel of Luke, he ascends into heaven. And in our chapter today, in Acts 1, Jesus ascends into heaven. He retells the story of how Jesus ascends into heaven. So in in verse 1, he talks about the former book that he wrote. That was all about what Jesus began to do uh, do and to teach. And the book of Acts is then a continuation of, of that story, of the work that Jesus began to do with his life. And the disciples are now the heroes of the story. And it's a stark turn from where they were, if you think about it, because they were a frightened bunch. When Jesus was crucified, he was arrested, the disciples flee away. And they're scattered Even after the resurrection, this is more of a holy huddle. They come together in a holy huddle and they have not gone out anywhere because they have not yet have, uh, they, they haven't received the Holy Spirit yet. So Luke tells us in Acts 1 how they were going to be transformed. How they're going to be transformed from these cowardly people who are scared to go out to proclaim the name of Jesus to people who risk their lives, um, all of their lives, um, to tell people about Jesus. And it happens through the, uh, first of all, ascension, which happens to fall this Thursday, 40 days after Easter. And some people think that ascension is made up because it sounds a bit like it's made up, with the, conceived with the false cosmology. After all, we know heaven isn't actually up in the space, right? Um, but I don't think that was the point of ascension in the first place. You see, in verse 3, verse 3, Luke tells us that um, Jesus appeared and disappeared many times throughout the 40 days after the, uh, after the resurrection. Um, and what bodily ascension does, bodily ascension needs to happen so that the disciples know for sure once and for all that Jesus' earthly ministry definitively ends. He goes away in bodily form so they understand a different era is coming, that Jesus' ministry on earth is ending in a definite way. That's the reason for bodily Ascension, But spiritually, this ascension is much, much more meaningful, much, much more important. Because Jesus goes up to heaven, he's glorified, so he could send down the Holy Spirit. 
so that the disciples could be transformed into disciples who do the work of God, who continues the work of Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what Peter says in that, in that first sermon on, on the Pentecost. So turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 33 to 34. This is what it says. Acts chapter 2, verses 33 to 34. Exalted to the right hand of God after the ascension. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. You see, before, Jesus was the only man of the Spirit. Now, every believer who calls on the name of Jesus Christ receives the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what we're promised in verse 4. Once again, going back to our passage in chapter 1, 4. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in in a few days... um, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is how the disciples become heroes of, God, uh, 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 of Acts of Apostles. Well, I think I'll drop the analogy of heroes because the disciples aren't really heroes in the way, same way that Jesus was. But you see, the Ascension and the Pentecost, before the Ascension and the Pentecost, Jesus is the only man of the Spirit. Remember how in Gospel of Luke, um, how Jesus is conceived Jesus is conceived by the Holy Spirit. Remember how Gabriel tells Mary, the Spirit will come upon you and you will bear a child. In Luke chapter 135, Jesus also starts his public ministry when only when the Spirit descends on him. It's actually still in the first point. Uh, only uh, Only when the Spirit descends upon him in bodily form at at his baptism, when he's when the Spirit comes upon him, he starts his ministry at the age of 30. The Spirit leads then him into temptation in the desert, in the wilderness. And when he returns from it, Luke records in chapter 4.14, we're told that he's filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And then he goes to his hometown, to the synagogue. He opens up the scroll and stops where Isaiah says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me, anointed me to preach the good news. You see, Jesus was man filled with the Holy Spirit. His ministry was empowered by the Spirit. And that's, we see that even in our passage. So look at verse 2 once again. Look at verse 2. Until the day He was taken up to heaven after giving instruction through the Spirit the apostle, uh, to the apostles He had chosen. He gave instructions to the apostles he had chosen through the Spirit. Jesus' ministry was filled and Spirit-led. Filled with the Holy Spirit-filled and Spirit-led. Of course he was the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, but he enjoyed this intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Spirit throughout his his entire life. And now he ascends into heaven as the Lord of the Spirit to send down the Holy Spirit to the disciples so that they could continue the work that He started in the power of the Spirit. Many of you, hopefully all of you, want to live a good Christian life. You might live a a, a moral life through an iron discipline and just the strength, the sheer strength of your willpower. But that's not the Christian life. In order for us to be the salt 
and light of this world. In order for us to bless others in our workplaces, in our schools, in, all the, in our family, in all the places that we, we go to. In order for us to shine light in the darkness. In order for us, to, uh, for, for us to do this extraordinary work that Christ has started, we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is indispensable to the Christian life. The Spirit is the being that makes us alive. Spirit is the one who points us to Christ and ha- allows us to have this relationship with Christ. Spirit is the one who allows us to, to be like Christ and to continue the works of Christ. So the ascension happens so that Christ could send down the Holy Spirit. That's the first point. The second point, more than anything else, Jesus sends the Holy Spirit because the Spirit is the missionary Spirit. You see in verse 6, how the disciples gathered around Jesus and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? John Calvin says, uh, the reformer uh, John Calvin says, there are as many errors in this sentence as there are words. Every single thing about this, he says, is wrong. I'm going to uh, talk about a little bit uh, why that question was so wrong. But Jesus first tells them that they're not going to know exactly the time and the date of Jesus' return. We're not to know, and that's really the point. We need to be ready at every, um, every hour, at all times. But then Jesus goes on to explain in verse 8, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. First, we need to connect the two halves of that sentence in verse 8. The first half talks about the power that we will receive when the Holy Spirit comes. The second half talks about uh, how they will be his witnesses to the ends of the earth. But the two halves are connected. If we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, we need to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit to make us witnesses to in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit gives the disciples the power to bring good news of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. The primary work of the Spirit is to impel and compel in us the desire to go out and to tell people of Jesus, the good news of salvation that we have received. It's the power to transform this holy huddle that has come together, to, uh, to, ma- to make it into a holy explosion that goes out um, with, the go- with the gospel news. You see then the error of uh, the disciples' question. The d- disciples said, Lord, at this time, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They said, are you going to do this? And Jesus says, no, you will receive the Holy Spirit. You will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit brings salvation, brings a joy of uh, uh, joy and conviction and boldness, even the words to speak. And it was okay for Jesus then was uh, uh, to to leave us alone in ascension because he was going to send down the Spirit. Um, as you can see, uh, as you see, the the extraordinary power of the Spirit to make people witnesses. Um, you see this in the Bible. You see this throughout the history. In the Bible, once again, Peter, just the next chapter, stands up when the Holy Spirit comes. He stands and preaches. He speaks about Jesus. In chapter 4-8, when he is arrested before Sanhedrin, people who could kill him, 
he stands up and tells people about Jesus. Um, and, and we're told in chapter 4, uh, 4, verse 8, that he's filled with the Spirit, that he speaks about Jesus. Stephen, at the face of people who are stoning him, preaches this amazing sermon about Jesus. And we're told in chapter 7, verse 50, 55, that Stephen was filled with the Holy Spirit. Whenever people are filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts, people speak about Jesus. They go out and become witnesses of Jesus. That is the role of the Holy Spirit. The countless of people, countless people throughout history who have had this amazing power to witness. I mean, if you think that somebody's going to kill you and you think, oh, I don't know if I can, help, I can, I can, I can bear witness to Christ. Well, that's a natural worry. That I don't know if I can do it. But the point is, that the Holy Spirit will allow you to do that. The Spirit is with you and He is the power. He is the power through which you can bear witness to Jesus Christ in all circumstances. The same Spirit gives us the power to witness to our friends in school, uh, to our colleagues in our, in our workplaces. He gives the great joy of salvation in our hearts. Inner conviction, he gives us the words to speak when we're stuck. He gives us the desire to bring the gospel to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of mission. And when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will start looking outward. To the corners of Hong Kong, to the people around us who don't yet know Jesus Christ. The work isn't going to be achieved all at once. Right? And remember, once again, the disciples asked, are you at this time going to restore this kingdom? Well, Jesus says, no, this will be a gradual process of the gospel going from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And of course, the work is continuing today. And this kingdom is not uh, an ethnic kingdom of Israel, but it's, it's made up of people of every nation, Every nation on earth will be included. And this is the reason why this church is possible, isn't it? The gospel has gone throughout all the earth, and people from Canada and New Zealand and England and Hong Kong, China and um, uh, Nigeria and Kenya, I mean, all these people are coming together to worship together. This sociological improbability is happening because this is the work of the Holy Spirit to gather people from every nation to worship Jesus. Many of you know a lot about the work of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit's power. And you could focus on many, many different things, but I want you to focus, when you pray for the Spirit to come to your life, I would like you to start praying that the Spirit will come to your life and that you will be a witness of Jesus Christ to the people around you. God can do miracles. God can do bring about many, many manifestations of the Holy Spirit. But all of that is to the, 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 the purpose of, of building the church, but also making the church uh, a, a people who go out, of people who go out to the ends of the earth. Many of you want to see your family to come to know Jesus. Many of you are praying that your friends and colleagues will come to know Jesus.
Many of you are praying that Shatin Church will be used as an instrument to reach people who don't yet know Jesus. But none of that work can be done by ourselves. It's only when the Spirit comes and transforms us that we will bear witness in Hong Kong and to the ends of the earth. But too many of us are sky gazers. You know, the um, disciples are caught at the end of this passage in verse 10, gazing the sky. And the two men come along and say, why are you gazing the sky? Jesus will return the way he, he, he went up. You see, these are the last days. And it's a technical thing. These are the last days. These are the days in between the Pentecost and, uh, and, 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 and the second coming. These are the days when God has poured out his spirit to us. And some people believe that baptism, uh, of, uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit is a separate thing from the baptism of water or, uh, or turning to Christ. But the, the, uh, and, and we see that in verse 5, right? Wait for the, uh, the Holy Spirit to baptize you. But really, that's a matter of chronology, right? This, they needed to look forward to the Spirit's coming. But for us, after the Pentecost, we look back. We should be affirmed in that the Spirit has been poured out uh, to all the believers already. And that's the point of Peter's sermon in chapter 2, that everyone, men and women, young and old, everyone has received the Holy Spirit. That's that sermon. The inner conviction that you have, the joy that you felt when you turned to Christ, that's the work of the Spirit. The guilt that we feel in our sin, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. The sanctifying development of habits and, and the strengthening of will and resolve, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. Though God may fill us with the Holy Spirit to its fullness time to time, everyone who has turned to Christ has received the Holy Spirit. That's the promise of the Pentecost. And with that confidence, we're not to be sky gazers and just wait. Not do anything. Wait for us to, for God to do something in my life so I can be a witness. That's not, that, 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 we shouldn't be that. The gospel is given for us to share and this is time for mission. This, the area, uh, the time between the Pentecost and Jesus' coming, that's the time of mission. The Spirit is a missionary spirit. And this age of the church, the age of the spirit, is uh, the the age of mission. God, God, in his infinite wisdom, has placed you wherever you are. In your workplaces. In your families. To your networks of friends. Evangelism and mission isn't done only by evangelists and missionaries. For Christ has made you, all of us, all of us who turn to Christ, missionaries. People who will bear witness to, to the people around us. So, don't, let's not sit and wait for God to do something in our lives. Let's go out and engage the people around us. Pray for them. Speak. Love them. Serve them. Tell them about Jesus. And as you're doing this, know that the missionary spirit that produced the works of the apostles in Acts is with you. That's the confidence that you have as you, are, as you go out. 
Um, I'm going to just end with uh, 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 watching a video of just about five minutes of just, I, I just think that this is um, what the Spirit does. Uh, this is taken from Lausanne Conference uh, that happened last year uh, in 2010. And uh, 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 it's a testimony of, of a, a young lady whose father uh, escaped from North Korea and has gone back. And I just think it's such a moving thing. But I, I want to just underscore, as you listen to it, just see that this is, this is the power of the Spirit. This is what the Spirit does um, when He brings people to Jesus. So let's turn and now watch. It's just an amazing thing to hear that the Spirit is doing its work everywhere to reach people of every corner um, and bring people to Christ. So uh, may, may, may the Spirit fill you and make you witnesses wherever you are.